Grab your Bibles. Turn to Luke chapter 8. We're continuing this series on hearing God's voice and what does that mean and what does that look like and exploring all the things that the Word of God has to say about that. We desperately want to be a church that is a listening and hearing and obeying church. Because uh, this is what God calls all his followers to be. I love the scripture in James where he says, listen, uh, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Meaning there's something powerful that takes place when God speaks because it's calling us into a connection with him. So hearing is just the beginning. This point that James is making here is, listen, in order to be able to step into what God wants to do in us and through us, we've got to begin to hear him. So we don't just hear, but we also get to move. And so we'll sing these songs often, like, <clears throat> um, uh, sorry, <clears throat> uh, we sing these songs often. Uh, God, we know that you're working for our good. We know that you're moving on our behalf and we're trusting you in this truth that, Lord, you're moving and working, that you're in motion over our lives, that God is accomplishing his good purposes. In fact, I love the scripture uh, in Philippians chapter two. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, there's so much wrapped up in even this one text, more than we could even get into in the context of just this morning, but it's saying God is working in you and me, both to have will or hunger and to accomplish whatever it is for his good pleasure, meaning that if God is moving and God is shaping and God is working and he's accomplishing, that he has things that he wants to accomplish, then hearing it just becomes the base for what God wants to do. Hearing God is the base. It's the beginning. There are so many ways that God wants to move in and through our lives. Hearing is the starting point. And Jesus is ready to unveil that truth, to speak to us to accomplish what he wants for his good pleasure. And so if hearing is the baseline, if hearing is the starting point, if hearing God's voice and knowing his heart and responding to him, if that's the baseline, then why on earth does it feel so difficult at times for us to be able to hear him? Why does hearing God at times feel like it's like this elevated thing? And if you, I don't know if you've ever had this thought or idea, but that, that thing that says, yeah, hearing God, that's like for the super Christians. That's for the ones, the, the spiritual elites, the guys that have become really mature, the ones that have all their stuff together, the ones that have studied all the things and know all the things. Those are the ones that get to hear God's voice. If you have ever heard that in your heart and mind, you need to hear this. That's not God's voice. If you have had that thought that only the spiritual elites have access to hearing God's voice or only those that are mature, or only pastors or missionaries or those that are crazy enough to do this for a living. If you've heard that, that's not God. That's not his voice because you'll not find that anywhere in the word of God. Not anywhere in the scripture. You won't find that reasoning anywhere. And yet, 
that often is this predominant idea concerning God's voice. And the Lord's ready to break open, even now this morning, to say, no, I have many things to give to you. And it has nothing to do with being elite or studied or learned or knowledge. In fact, Jesus's frustration was often with the most learned, if you will, the most spiritually learned. What he actually wanted were people that were hungry. And so let's, let's dive into why there is this difficulty. If this is a, not the voice of the Lord, then why do we experience this difficulty? And Jesus actually wants his people to understand why there's this difficulty with this issue of hearing his voice or knowing his word. And Jesus gives us this picture in Luke chapter eight. He wants to address exactly why people might wrestle to hear God's voice and why at times it, feel like, it feels like it's distant or, or, or far off. I want you to grab Luke, Luke 8. We're going to start in verse 4. You guys that are with us at home, make sure you have a Bible. If you guys are here and you don't have a Bible, there should be one under the chair in front of you. Grab that. It's just so you get to see the Word of God for yourself and follow along. So Luke chapter 8, we'll start in verse 4. So there's a great crowd that was gathering, and people from town after town came to him. And so he said in a parable... A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil. And grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears, let him hear. And all the crowd's going, okay, all right, we get it. Wait, what? And that was that they didn't fully understand. In fact, the very next scripture, verse nine, Luke, uh, we see in Luke uh, eight, nine, when his disciples asked him, what is this parable mean? What does this parable mean? He says, to you, it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they're in parables so that, and then he quotes Isaiah, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus often uses different stories. We call them often parables, but they're metaphors or similes where Jesus is trying to get a point across. And many times he uses pictures to help bring some measure of understanding. But there are other times where Jesus uses pictures and he's trying to pull by faith a response out of people because it's not readily available. And when Jesus is sharing these parables that people don't understand, What's the point of it? And what he's saying is when he quotes Isaiah 6, here, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand, what he's saying is who's actually hungry to hear? Because what he's going to say is your ability and the open door for you to receive and hear from the Lord has nothing to do with your spiritual maturity. What I'm just looking for is who's hungry for it. Who's hungry Who's willing to hunger to receive what I have to say? That you can listen. When he says, he who has ears, and we talked about this a little bit last week. When he says, he who has ears, let him hear. It means this, you can have ears, but not be hearing. 
The, the words can be coming out, but you're not. But if there isn't a hunger demonstrated, then we will often miss because the truth is the word of God is right here and right in front of us because we follow, hear this, a good father. Man, we ha- listen, church, we have a good father. He isn't looking to withhold himself out of spite or anger or frustration or all the ways that sometimes we do in our own personal relationships, right? You know, we try to get at people because you guys have never done that, right? (laughs) Y'all are looking at me like, I don't know about that, pastor. (laughs) Yeah, you've done it before, right? All right. You try to get at someone relationally like you're going to play the cold shoulder, right? You've done that before. (laughs) Confess, okay. Maybe I, maybe I just need, maybe somebody else needs to preach this. Maybe I need to be the one repenting this morning. But right, you, listen, we, we all have different ways where we come relationally and we try to manipulate and get what we want. Uh, and so we'll act a particular way because we're frustrated that we're not getting somewhere, we're not getting something that we want and we have all these little things. Listen, we have a good father who doesn't operate that way. We have a good father who doesn't come with any amount of insecurity ever. You hear this, the king of the universe never comes before us and to us with massive insecurities, trying to manipulate and to get us to do things. He's a dad who wants to hug and just say, hey, I got life for you. I've never once, when, when, when we've had our kids that have been messy or messed up, never once to... Have I ever wanted them to feel rejected? Just want them to know. They have access. In fact, I say all the time, my, my, and I, I think it's getting a little rote at this point, but I often will look at my kids and say, I'm just so proud of you. I tell them, I'm just so proud of you. And they're like, they're sitting there on the couch, like probably with an iPad or, you know, or just like, you know, they're coloring. You know, I'm just so proud of you. And they're like, why? And I just, because you're my son, because you're my daughter. It's just, you don't have to do anything. I just want you to know you don't have to do anything ever. I just want you to know that. Listen, if I, this is what the scripture would say, if I being evil or broken am willing to do that with my kid, I can't even imagine what the king of the universe who has no brokenness in him, what he might want to say to us on a regular and daily basis. And so Jesus wants to unpack the reasons by which we often don't receive the father's voice. And he's telling this story for anyone who's got, they're hungry enough to listen, to have ears and to hear and to say, are you hungry? Because I want you to know why often people where the word of God doesn't actually land because it's not an issue of the fact that we have a sower who's sowing, he's ready to give. The issue is the condition of the heart. And so this is what he wants to speak to. Verse 11 And so here he goes, now the parable is this. And he says, the seed is the word of God. It's coming forward. Verse 12, the ones along the path are those who have heard. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved or given life. First reason that we often cannot hear God's voice is that we have an exposed heart, an exposed heart. Meaning this, when I say exposed heart, I mean this, you got, we got wide open doors that give the enemy free access 
to steal the truth from us, to steal the voice of the Father away from us. Now, let me tell you what I do every night before I go to bed. This is a ritual that I always do. Every night before I go to bed, I go and lock the four doors in our house. Got a front door, got a back door, got the office door that the dog goes out of, and got the garage door. And every night I make it my purpose to go and lock all of those doors. And I go upstairs, get in bed, and it's happened on many occasions. Because I'm tired, I'll go, did I lock the garage door? (laughs) And I'm laying in bed, and there's this war going on inside of me. I'm so tired. Nobody's going to get into the garage door. I have a gun. I, and, you know, and then inevitably, what happens is I go, I think of my youngest daughter, 10 years old. And I go, she's my treasure. So I roll out of bed and I go downstairs and I go to lock the garage door. It's already locked because I just, I just have a bad memory. That's the problem. Anybody else been there, done this? Okay, but let me tell, let me tell you why. Uh, three weeks ago, uh, they were doing testing at the school. And, and um, my daughter, uh, just she wasn't super pumped about going to school for testing that day. And so she got up super early. I'm always the first one up, like to read. And then I go and start doing all the routine, waking the kids up. And my daughter's not in her bed, but she's not come downstairs. And I'm like, that's super weird. So I just, I'm literally, I go upstairs. She's not there. And I kind of look around and, and I go back downstairs and I go to the office. Maybe she's let the dog out or maybe she's outside or something like she's not outside. She's not outdoors. She's not. And I'm going, so five times I'm up and down looking and, and I, I don't want to yell because everybody else, I'm, I don't want to just like awaken everybody alarmed, right? This is, and all of a sudden I'm in a panic and I'm, now I'm sweating and I'm not sure where she is. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did I lock all the doors? And then all of a sudden, I see my, and I'm like, I'm, I'm about to wake up my wife and say like, our daughter is missing. And I'm, I'm straight freaking out. And then all of a sudden, she's like walking by and she's like, huh, I didn't want to go to school. So I was hiding. That's never going to work. <laughs> I just, and I'll be honest with you, I looked at her with the most stern, but you can never do that. And, and all of a sudden she was like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I just like, she's my treasure. I have five treasures. Listen, you, you come for the stuff in my house. Fine. You can come at me. Fine. I got five treasures in my house. I have a wife and I got four kids and they're my treasures. And that's why if I'm exhausted, I go and lock the doors because no one gets access to my five treasures. No one on the outside gets access to my five treasures. They're my treasures. When Jesus describes this sowing of the seed, this picture of going forward, here's, listen, the word of God, his voice over you is a treasure. 
And there are those places where we leave open door, we open the door, we don't lock the doors and we swing them wide open and we give access to the enemy to come in and steal the voice and the word of the Lord over our lives. What are the wide open doors? It can be so many things. In fact, the scriptures speak over and over and over and over again to these places. If you've got unforgiveness, guess what? That's a wide open door. If you're struggling with bitterness towards someone that's hurt you, it's an open door. If you've got unresolved anger, if there's areas of unbelief that you've been partnering with, that you struggle with. Maybe there's some lies that you've been believing about who you are, lies that you've been believing about God. Maybe that there's an area of sin or brokenness that you don't want to be honest about, don't want to ever repent of. Listen, we all have sin, we all wrestle through, and we all want to be honest before the Lord, but if you've got an area of brokenness and you don't want to actually deal with it, you're going to keep pushing it off. What this, these things are, they're wide open doors for the enemy to come in and steal the word of the Lord. The Father has so much life to bring. Even in all of those things, those wide open doors, the Father wants to come and close the door and bring life and security and wholeness and vitality. It's who he is. It's what he does. But if we have these wide open doors, church, the, Jesus is trying to say, there's a word that's going forward. I have things to say to you, but the, the enemy's got straight access. And so here's my question. If I'm willing to shut the doors for my five treasures in my house, how much more important is the voice and the word of the Lord over our lives? It's a treasure to us. Why would we ever tolerate open doors? Why would we ever be okay with open doors in our lives? And Jesus is saying, it's time to shut those doors off. My voice, my, the, the authority and the kingship of the Lord alone. We get to do this. We do get, my, Megan and I got to do this just even yesterday where there was just a sense or a feeling going on. We get, just get to have a conversation and say, hey, I need to say some of the things out loud. Here's a potential area where the enemy's trying to say something that's not true or false. We just wanna say it out loud, get it out up in the open, and guess what? Loses its power immediately. It was immediately diffused. We just having literally just a normal conversation end of the day yesterday. There's a sense going on. We get to say the thing out loud, and then all of a sudden, whatever power it was trying to hold just dissipates right in there in the moment. This is a real-time thing where the enemy wants to try to get in. He's pushing in, looking for open doors. If you don't believe that there's an enemy looking to try to find the way in, he is. And the, the most beautiful thing in the world we can do is just, hey, here's the broken thing. I wanna be honest and open about it, say it out loud. And then God comes and takes it, crushes it and says, I'm king. Don't you worry, son or daughter, I got you back. I'm with you. When we hear God, it's not for the lack of a father speaking. It's often for just for believing broken things that steal the word of the Lord. I love James 1, 21, the scripture just before. It says, therefore, it says, what is it? It says, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul, which means this. That if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're here with us today and you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit has made his home inside of you, which means this, the word of the Lord, his voice to us is already there. 
It's already there. It's the implanted word ready to come forward. That when we read the word of God and partner with truth, it's right there ready to bring life in a moment. And so what he says is put away the stuff that, that filthy stuff that is breaking you down. Tear it apart and throw it away. Because, and then we get to receive that truth because it's already implanted in us. And so if you want God's heart and his voice to come in and take root, let's shut off the doors. This, and just make that declaration, this house belongs to the king. And it's not anyone else's. We don't leave the doors open for anyone else. And we put away those lies. He goes on to say, look in verse, uh, verse 13. And the ones on the rock... The seed that was cast on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root and they believe for a while and in a time of testing falls away. This is what you might call the distracted heart, the, the distractions. Just a couple of chapters later in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is hanging out with his friends and uh, there's two, two young women, uh, Martha and Mary, and they're getting ready for Jesus to come show up. And when Jesus comes, he brings an entourage with him. So, you know, there's a lot of work to do. Jesus shows up and he sits down and he begins to teach. And Mary is so undone by his word, his teaching, she says she starts sitting at his feet, which was a little bit presumptive, even in that day to say, listen, I'm going to be a student of this rabbi. And she sits at his feet and she's listening to his words. And Martha's still running around trying to get all the arrangements made. And you guys who have ever hosted anything ever in your house, you know this, right? This is what happens, right? If we're going to ever host anyone at our house, right? We're like, you know, cleaning stuff and moving all the things back in the right place and like moving all the dirty underwear out of the place. Why did I just say that? I don't know. Just dirty laundry. Sorry. Just getting dirty laundry out of the way or just whatever, you know, getting the things together, right? And you just, you're moving and you're trying to get ready for people. There's things to do. We all understand what that means. So Martha's not doing anything horrible here. She's just trying to get ready. She's trying to make preparations and she's frustrated because her sister won't help her. And she says, Lord, would you just tell my sister, this is clearly her duty. Would you tell her to help me? And, and Jesus takes, he looks at her and says, Martha, I want you to know something. You're bothered. You're anxious about a lot of things. But he says, there's actually just one thing necessary. And Mary has chosen one thing. And that's not going to be taken from her. And he just wants to say, listen, there's always going to be stuff to do. But there's one thing that's necessary. Will you aim and incline your ear? There's going to be a bajillion things. Listen, we'll have a lot of things to do. We all have lots of things to do. We all have jobs and we have families and we have friends and we've got roommates and we've got people that we're responsible to. We have all kinds of things. And if we're, if we're constantly churning, have we ever just created space for our heart to be inclined toward the Lord. The truth is, I'm not even saying that the Lord can't speak right in the middle of all those things. In fact, uh, in, the, in the next coming weeks, we're gonna talk about hearing God's voice in real time and digging into that a little bit, what the word of God has to say about that. So it's not that the Lord's voice can't come to us in the middle of work day or in the middle of our coffee with our friends or any of the things that we've got going on. That's not the point. The point is that there is a level of distraction at which we can be 
spinning our wheels, even to try to do the good things, I think even as Martha was, even to do our ministries or all of the things going about, I'll find it all the time. In fact, I had to shift and change my own personal uh, rhythms because I used to, uh, I would come up here just to spend, I would get all the kids ready and I'd come up here and sp- to spend time with the Lord. And I can promise you this, if I'm ever at the church, then all I'm thinking about is all the things that need to be fixed and all the things that we've got to do and all the ways we've got to grow and all the things that the Lord wants to do in us together. And that, that, those things will spin and spin and spin and spin and spin in my mind. And I'm like, yes, Lord, that's so good. But yeah, we've, I forgot we've got to call that person over there. And then I'm just constant. So I just, I just finally decided, nope, I'm just going to have to get up early in the morning at my house and just to be able to have a block of time to be able to read and pray because I'm distracted. And God, your voice is more important and I need to hear it. Your word opening the scripture is more important to me and I, gotta, I have to do that. So I get up earlier just to do that because once I'm here, it's off to the races and I know you know what that feels like. And so we've gotta be a people that are willing to say, hey, we can't just receive the word with joy and then find that because we've got so many things going, it never has a chance to take root. And, I, and this is what Jesus' call is over our lives. Number three, uh, Luke chapter eight, here's what he says. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. I don't know if you've ever had, uh, you ever had an amazing meal, amazing meal, and it was so good that you ate too much and then you walk away from that meal and you're like, I'm miserable. I ate too much. That third slice of pie or what, I don't know, whatever it was that was, and they're like, really, Keith? Thir- three slices? I've never done that, but, well, maybe I have, but you walk away and you feel miserable and you're going, man, that was really great. That was, that was, it was good tasting, but I feel miserable now. This is what I think Jesus is pointing to where he's, it's a picture of what he's pointing to. He says, cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And what it says, this is, it says, when these things come, it doesn't say you're dead. It doesn't say you're broken. What does it say? It says that the word of, or the fruit's not able to become mature. The word's immature. As you find yourself immature, meaning this, you find yourself stuck. That we're not able to move on that there's so many things that the Lord wants to communicate his heart and hearing his voice and walking with him and receiving from him all the ways that he wants to make an impact in us and through us, but we feel stuck because we're gorged on cares, on riches and pleasures that could never fully satisfy. We certainly do this, we literally do this with food, to be honest with saying that's often a temptation of mine. We can have careers or relationships or hobbies where we find all of these good things that can be a blessing to us, but it goes beyond a blessing because we find our lives spinning over it. Because every one of those can ultimately be wretched idols that are stuff that fill us up. And what it says is the word of God gets choked out. Man, that, that's actually a, a profound, even if you will, a, a violent picture of all the things we could take time and energy and effort on. And all it's doing is choking out the word and what it breeds in us is an immaturity where we're stuck. And the Lord's got so much more and we can't hear 
because of all the other cares and all the things that we've given and we cycle and, and cycle and cycle and the voice of God becomes dormant where the fruit is broken. We, get, uh, we, have, a, we have a little garden. In fact, our, our family planted a few apple trees. It's really cool. It's been really fun to see the kids. Kids get so excited about getting to see the fruit that's coming forward. And so we've got these little bitty apples that's growing on one of the trees, little tiny ones, and they're just coming forward. And we're, you know, the anticipation is there for those, but they're not ready. And we could cut them off now and it would just totally ruin and spoil. And this is this picture in which the word of God is right there, ready for the taking. But the Lord's saying there's a, a, a growth process and it's, and and if we're not careful, we won't come to fruition. We won't, the fruit won't grow because we care or the cares of this life are choking out the life blood, the word of the Lord that's coming through. What a powerful picture. And then he finishes with this and he says this, listen, verse 15. As for that in the good soil, those that were, sown in the good soil. There are those who, hearing the word, they hold it fast. Look at this, and I love this description. In an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Honest and good. This is the the prepared heart. Prepared, not mature, not perfect. Not having it all figured out, not spiritually elite heart. That's not what it says. It actually just says, the ones who hold it fast in an, with an honest and good heart. If you wanna ask the question, how do we help our heart be prepared? This heart that's ready to receive the word of the Lord. How do we do it? Number one is this, be honest. Be honest. And just say, hey, Lord, here are the things that are going on in my life that I think are keeping me from hearing your voice. In fact, you know what's so rich is that we have a father who's willing to tell us the things that are keeping us from him. It's, uh, we often use the term in the, in the scripture, we use the term conviction. And anytime we have the conviction of the Lord, it's never the pointing finger demanding with accusation. It's always the invitation, son, I'll show you, daughter, I'll show you. If, if you'll come, if you'll incline your ear, I'll show you the very thing that's keeping you from me. If you don't believe that there is a, you have a good father who's ready to speak and to give that word of encouragement, that conviction. If you don't believe that it, he's coming with a kind heart, ready to pull us into new and fresh relationship, then church, we've missed the word of the Lord. I think it's one of the great lies. I love, uh, um, the Lord, with his conviction, opens up this opportunity to be honest with him. Uh, the, word that, the, there's, the word in scripture is this. When we're honest with the Lord, the scripture uses the word repentance. And what that means is, Lord, I want to confess or confess and then be honest with you about what's going on, about the things that are holding me back. I wanna be honest and I wanna repent. 
and say, I don't, want, I don't want this in my life anymore. Whether it's the busyness, maybe there's pleasures that are choking out the word. Maybe there's unbelief, areas, wide open doors, whatever it is, these arenas that Jesus has shown us that kill the voice of the Lord. We say, Lord, I wanna be honest. I wanna confess and I wanna repent. And this is a no stress move. This isn't a you better or else. If you hear that voice here, if you hear you better or else, let me tell you, that's not the voice of the Lord. If you hear how dare you or how could you, that's not the voice of the Lord. If you, have an, if you have an invitation from him to partner with him, that's the voice of a father who's bringing his children to himself. And then, it, and then from the scripture says, an honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. What he says is to ask him for fresh focus. Because uh, anytime we find ourselves struggling to hear the voice of the Lord, it's often because our aim or our gaze is on something that's off. In 2 Corinthians chapter four, we'll finish with this. And then, um, in fact, I'll have our team come up and we'll finish this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter four. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God, little g God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Constantly, there's a movement from the enemy to blind us from seeing the beauty and the majesty of God. And there's a call for us just to focus, a call to, uh, uh, to, for a fresh focus, a refocus, a refreshed hunger to ask the question, Lord, what is dormant in me that needs to be awoken? What needs new life? What needs to be revived and refreshed and restored? Lord, I'm gonna be honest with you about the things that are going on in my life. And Lord, would you put my eyes on the thing that will bring life and wholeness to me? So we just wanna take an opportunity this morning to actually do that. In fact, when you came in, uh, you found a card in your chair. I want you to grab that card. And if you don't have a pen with you, you'll find a pen in the chair back in front of you. You guys that are joining us at home, I wanna encourage you, maybe you can grab your phone. If you don't have a piece of paper and pen uh, near to you, maybe you can grab your phone and, and do this this way. But we're just gonna take a moment to be honest with the Lord. And so I want everyone to, to be able to participate in this uh, because the Lord, there's a good father who's here and ready to communicate his heart. And maybe even as I was communicating or sharing some things, some pictures, these pictures here that are from the word of God, this picture where maybe there's some open doors, maybe there's some open doors that are keeping you from being able to receive the word of the Lord, places that are broken and you've been maybe trying to hold it off and you haven't wanna dealt with it. Maybe you felt toxic shame that's been chewing you up inside or guilt or condemnation. These are all places where, where if we allow those things to, uh, to, to move forward in or to, to, to have presence in our life, they steal the word of the Lord. Or you may find that you've just got a lot going on and you feel really distracted. Or you may just find like there's some things going on, things that I'm giving my heart to or mind to that are choking out the word of the Lord. But the beautiful thing is the Lord will communicate to you about these things and he won't do it with an angry pointing finger. He'll just invite you to trust him. And so we're gonna just take this moment and I'll, here's what I want you to do on your note card. Would you just say, Lord, would you just show me any way that you want to move and that we want your voice to go forward? Is there anything that's keeping me from hearing your voice? Is there anything that's going on in my life 
It's often hard to push the pause button in everyday life, so we're just gonna get a chance to do this here. Lord, is there something? I'm, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. I'm concerned, I've got anxiety. Or here's some things that I've been giving my heart to on a regular basis that I know are destructive to me. But we're just gonna take a moment. In fact, I'm gonna ask our team just to worship over us. You can sing if you want to sing, but I mostly just want you to incline your ear to the Lord. You have a good father who's ready to speak. Would you just ask him, Lord, is there anything that would keep me from hearing your voice? I just wanna be honest, have that honest and good heart to respond. Just show me. I'm gonna let our team just worship and sing over us. Wash us as we ask this question. I'm gonna do the same thing now. Let's do this and then we'll finish this morning in worship. Ask the question.